On this week's episode of the podcast, I bring us all a story of one of the worst teams to ever play the game and how they tried to get good. Sounds like many of my teams that I've played on. Drew, it does sound like that, but it's a story that was born and bred in Holland and then the United States before finally taking place in the Pacific Islands. Buckle up, this is Deadball Brothers. Welcome to Deadball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy, healthy, healthy dose of stupidity. Brought to you this week by betonline.ag and Untuck It. What's up, Drew? Yo, we are back. We're so back. Better than ever. We're all the way back. We're all the way better than ever. We're dumber than we ever have been. It's only been a week. But uh, we're feeling good. We're feeling ready for this podcast. Feeling like a couple idiots. <laughs> Like they do, you know, <laughs> like one does. I'm everybody's least favorite athletic writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined as always by my real-life brother, Drew Snavely, and this week was a good week because Manchester United didn't have a game. They did not play. Uh, uh, and week- it wasn't due to the cancellation of Storm Ciara because there were some games that, there was a few games, there handful were, of games. There was a couple games, yes. That were, that were canceled, including the whole Women's English League. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, Borussia Dortmund's game was not canceled because of that. Uh, because, oof, yeah, not, not great. Yeah, not great. The first game that Erling Holland fails to score in uh, also happens to be the one that we give up a three-two lead in to lose four to three in the last fifteen minutes of the game. Yeah, not ideal. Not the greatest uh, showing from Giorena. He showed his age a little bit. On there was a little bit. It was a little turn goal. It was a, oh yeah the overturn goal was not great yeah it was definitely a little bit of a nervy performance from uh, the young American the Giovanni tale Reina. of two weeks tale of two weeks scores <laughs> a, an absolute worldly and looks like he can't be stopped and then looks a little skittish on the field <laughs> just a little bit he had some good plays but hey. it wasn't it wasn't really that's what, the life of a seventeen year old it really is what, what what were you doing at seventeen I uh, was going for nutmegs in high school soccer practice in Bath, New York, on our bumpy field. Just as good as goals, you could argue. Just as good as goals, even better. I would say yes. A nutmeg <laughs> is better than a goal. Stats don't agree with me, uh, but I never was an analytics guy. I can't believe that we never we haven't addressed this yet. But I think we both value nutmegs over goals. So that's, yeah, that's a fun fact. Yeah, from the Snavely brothers, nutmegs. Better than goals. In fact, I think that a fun all-star, like MLS all-star game activity would be if you have just a challenge where you do like a like stars 3v3 kind of futsal tournament where goals count as one point and also nutmegs count as one point. Yeah. <laughs> I think that would be a ton of fun. Yeah, that would be cool. This also goes with my new idea that all designated players that are signed to MLS – uh, should be allowed to skip one training per week for every goal that they score. And on that day that they skip training, uh, they are also not allowed to be fined or punished for any contract rules broken. And you have a film crew following them real world style. Noise. Who says no? <laughs> Nobody. Honestly, honestly, who says no? Nobody says no. Incentive to the players to actually play well in the games and yeah. take it seriously. And also incentive for us to see... They're crazy, crazy lies. <laughs> so crazy. So crazy. 
Adam, you have a a story of a bad team that tries to get better? Drew, I have a story of the worst team. The worst team. The worst possible team. And this is a story that has kind of cropped up again more recently um, because of some recent developments in the film industry. But for now... So and and I think several people will know what I'm talking about just because of that, um, and or we'll get into it. But I think that it's still a really incredible story and kind of fun to to talk about. So we're gonna go over it. All right, yeah, let's do it. We're gonna talk about some stuff. Let's get into it, Drew. Yeah. On October thirty fourth, thirty fourth, starting off strong. Ooh, the second word of the story. On October 31st, 1956, spooky, <laughs> in Amsterdam, the Netherlands, Thomas Rongen was born. He began playing, he be, or he, rather, he began his playing career with Amsterdam FC in 1973. And in the late 70s, he moved to the United States and played for a mouthful of teams, including... The LA Aztecs, the Washington Diplomats, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, the South Florida Suns, the Houston Dynamos, which is not the Houston Dynamo, very different team, yes. as well as the Minnesota Strikers and the Chicago Sting of the Major Indoor Soccer League, baby. Wow. Following his playing career, Rongen stayed in the United States and began coaching, first at high schools and colleges, and then in professional teams like the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, which he had also played for. The Tampa Bay Mutiny, the New England Revolution, DC United, Chivas USA, wow. and the United States Under 20s, including in the 2007 Under 20 World Cup that the United States made it to the quarterfinals in after beating Brazil, Uruguay, and Poland, led by a team featuring Josie Altador, Michael Bradley, and Freddie Adu. Oh, Freddie. Freddie Dew, Freddie Dew is sick in that tournament. Yeah, man. You know who else was sick in that tournament? Sal Zizo. Freddie Dew is sick in the tournament because he was a 30-year-old man playing against a bunch of 15-year-olds. You don't know that. I you don't. You don't know that. I don't. Don't be racist. <laughs> oh, I'm not. <laughs> so, Thomas Rongen had been around the block many, many times in the United States soccer world. He's played at almost every professional level the U.S. had to offer him and coached at pretty much every every professional and amateur level that the U.S. had to offer him, from high school and college all the way up to the pros. Um, but, oh, and he even, after his time as uh, a U-20 World Cup coach in the international level, he was employed as a scout by U.S. Soccer. Um, slash might still be? I don't know if he still is, but he was still, like, in the last few years, a scout for U.S. Soccer. Yeah. But... We're not here to talk about Thomas Rongen and the United States men's national team. At least not completely. We're here to talk about Thomas Rongen and a group of American citizens that are so overlooked in the soccer world that they make the United States men's national team look like France. Wow. We're here to talk about American Samoa. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> American Samoa is a U.S. territory consisting of a small group of islands in the western Pacific Ocean. For reference, the islands are geographically closer to New Zealand than they are to Hawaii. Yeah. They're far, far away. Yeah. Uh, there are roughly 55,000 people that live in American Samoa, which I think it says it consists of five islands and then two coral atolls. 
which are essentially smaller islands. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> islands, but even smaller. Yeah, because I had no idea what a coral atoll was. Well, now, but now you know. I do. Now you know. Uh, yeah, about fifty-five thousand people. That's roughly half the population of the Greater Lynchburg area, where yeah. we are now. Yeah. So, the small. Very small. It is a small, small, I mean, technically U.S. territory. Small, small nation. Uh, American Samoa began playing international soccer matches in 1983 with a 3-1 loss against Western Samoa. But they were not recognized by FIFA until the late 90s when they played in their first official match against Tonga, which was a 3-0 loss. Uh... From their official recognition as a soccer nation in 1998 until 2011, a span of 13 years, they were considered the worst soccer team in the world. They did not. You want to have not not awesome. No, didn't feel good. No, Uh, much of that time was spent like technically tied for last um, with places like Andorra. And other like incredibly small nations, Faroe Islands. I don't know. No. Faroe Islands were they've considered all, better yeah, than them. They're definitely yeah, better. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, like magnitudes worse than the yeah. Faroe Islands. Um, they did not record a single victory in that time, and they did have a technical victory in 1983, which is a 3-0 win against the islands of Wallace and Futuna, uh, which. By the way, I looked up their population. Population eleven thousand. So, my my mind went Wallace and Davis. <laughs> Shouts out White Christmas. Shouts out White Christmas. Ah <laughs> oh, man, what a film! What a film! Every single year in the state of the household. <laughs> However, that three 0 win in 1983 was not an official FIFA match because neither Wallace and Fatuna nor American Samoa were recognized as FIFA nations at the time. Okay. So it's hard to take pride in that basically especially when you spend the rest of your time losing yeah yeah yeah. and that match in 1983 was also the only unofficial match that they ever won okay so from that time in 1983 all the way up until 2011 they didn't win a single a single soccer game gotcha and this is where we get to this week's betonline.ag holy crap i can't believe that's a real fact of the week thank you to betonline.ag for sponsoring this podcast American Samoa had one other major claim to being the worst soccer team ever, even though technically they were tied with a few other teams at the bottom of the FIFA rankings. They also suffered the worst defeat in international history one time in 2001 when they played Australia. Oh, gosh. Drew. (laughs) Do you have to guess? Would you like to take a guess at the scoreline of this game? The worst international defeat in history. Um, if I had to, I have one really solid guess in my If head. you were a betting man. If I was a betting you, man. you took your bets to betonline.ag. I would put all of my money, which isn't a lot. Which isn't a ton of money. On 69 to 0. <laughs> That's the only scoreline oh, that's coming God. into my head. Okay, well, too high. It, uh, some, okay. Oh, yeah. Some, some, some dreams are not going to become a reality ever. That's too bad. Um, Still holding that hope. It is not. It is not sixty-nine to zero. Any other guesses? Now that you know that that is too high of a yeah of a guess. Um, let's go with 
Um, 18 and nothing. Too low. The, too low. I was going to say. Too low for goals that Australia scored. Okay. 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 Do you want me to? Am I? Is this like a hot or cold kind of it's, game? It's. I mean. I mean. If you, if you want it to be, I could also just tell you right now if you prefer that. Uh. Oof, um. Twenty five. Twenty five. Nothing. Twenty five. Still too low. Still too low. Oh my gosh. I see. I feel like after a team scores like ten goals against you, you're like, I'm not playing anymore. Like, that was always Mister Hill's rule. He's like <laughs> in high school. Well, I'm just saying, if I'm the team that keeps on getting scored against, I'm just like, what's the point? What's you the know? point? Let's, let's just abandon. I feel like if it's over twenty five goals, it can only get that bad if you're just like, what's the point? The final score of the game in 2001, which is a World Cup qualifying game, which is the only reason that Australia, okay, yeah. who are a, a rather big soccer nation and regularly qualify for World Cups, yeah, comparatively, were playing American Samoa. The final score of that game was 31 to nothing. 31 goals. 31 goals. This was 2001? Yes. It's too bad Cahill wasn't playing yet. <laughs> Australia beat American Samoa so badly in American Samoa's first major World Cup campaign that Oceania actually added a preliminary qualifying round to prevent future embarrassments like that from happening ever again. So, wow, yeah, that's, that's pretty bad. Obviously, American Samoa were not a team that had any business playing Australia. They were a team without a hope, a prayer, or any outside help from their parent nation, much like all U.S. territories stuck in political limbo as a result of imperialism. Wow. Stay woke, kids. So woke. From 1998 to 2011, American Samoa lost all 30 matches they played and had an all-time FIFA goal differential of negative 217. Yikes. That's, That's not what you want, kids. And uh, that's our betonline.ag. Holy crap, I can't believe that's a real fact of the week. Actually, there were several facts in there that I can't believe were real. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy. But that's 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 the type of, of ineptitude we're talking about here. Yeah. They yeah. are, they have a, a seriously very strong claim to being the worst international team to ever play. Yeah, yeah. They don't have a large pool to select from. Oh, certainly not. And it's not. not like they have a rich... Uh, soccer background like mm-hmm. countries like I mean smaller countries like Luxembourg I mean they probably have more than 55,000 people I don't I, I, I mean I, I don't know I, off I, the, really I don't, don't know, know off the top of my off head the top they of my might head. not they yeah. might not but at least at the very least they're around like other stronger nations and stronger leagues yeah and 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 just just in general professional leagues like yeah. I was looking at uh, like the statistics for American Samoa's like soccer leagues and what they had at the time, they didn't have any professional teams. They had an amateur league that consisted of about 15 teams. And, and like, that was like total. Like it was like a men's league. It was like a Sunday men's league. Basically. And, and they had doctor by day soccer player they had, on Sundays. They had 2000 <laughs> players total. Yeah. In like their entire like pool. Yeah. Basically. Cause there's no way to make a living. Yeah. And the, and, and the best case scenario for, for so many of these people were like, find a either i mean in terms of like upward mobility and being able to you know go and do something was like going to a different island or going to australia or new zealand yeah um a lot of people in american samoa joined the u.s military 
because it's a chance to like get off the island. Yeah. And like and they and also then to go like they'll pay for college and like to go to school somewhere else kind of thing. So it's difficult. Obviously, they have a lot of challenges that the vast majority of countries in the world don't even have to think about. Yeah. In terms of soccer. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, what do you do to try to enact some form of change for your terrible, terrible team? Well, if you're American Samoa, who is an American territory, you contact the United States and see if they could provide any help, like, at all. Like, hey, like, technically we're kind of on the same side. Do you know of anybody? So if you have, like, American citizenship, you can go play for American Samoa? No. Oh, okay. If you are... From American Samoa, you have you have U.S. citizenship. Yes, similar to Puerto Rico. Yeah, and Guam. Yes, um, but you also, I mean, in like FIFA land, they recognize American Samoa as its own entity. Yeah. So if you're American Samoa, you can play for theoretically, you could play for either American Samoa or the United States. But it doesn't go the other way. No. Okay. Yes. That that's 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 what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is one there is one example I can think of of um it's not American Samoa, but um AJ De La Garza. Uh-huh. Who played he's a def- he's a defender, he's played for the Galaxy, he's he's on the Dynamo right now, I think. Um he has two or three US caps um that he then uh filed his FIFA one time switch to represent Guam. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's cool. an example I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can think of. Um, so, American Samoa's very, very tiny soccer federation contact the United States Soccer Federation to see if they knew of anybody that could possibly help out. Yeah. The USSF decided that Thomas Rongen might be a good fit. Yeah. Rongen had just been fired from his post as under-20 coach, having ruffled some feathers post-2007 World Cup. One story for you. Um, Nevin Subatic. Yeah. Bundesliga champion and Champions League finalist for Borussia Dortmund. Yeah. Was playing for the USU 20s in 2006. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Because he was living in the United States for a long time. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yes. He left the program after Rongen publicly criticized him and then left him off the 2007 World Cup roster. Dang. That dude was a legend in FIFA 13. <laughs> I always had him on my team. In fairness, okay, in fairness to Thomas Rongen, too, um, Nevin Subotic had problems with every single international team that he played for. Gotcha. Because um, he went and then decided to represent Serbia. Okay. Either Serbia or Bosnia. I can't remember, and I know they're very different, and there are some Serbs and Bosnians now that are probably getting their, their hackles raised. But, yeah. But, um, yeah, one of the Balkan nations... And he was then subsequently criticized by another coach, and he never, like, played for their team again. And he was kind of effectively out of international soccer by, like, his mid-20s. It's like Monsieur Rosio. Even though that, even though that he's, a, like, he was a world-class defender. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. For a long time. So this is the kind of guy that Rongen is. He's blunt, he's relentlessly confident in himself, and he's not always a people person. Like, he's just not somebody that's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to please you. Hey, not everybody's that way. Nope. Rongen, perhaps surprisingly, agreed. 
he applied for the job in American Samoa and got it because he was the only person who applied for the job. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> that's probably a pretty quick decision. Uh-huh. Uh, so he would fly to American Samoa, and after he worked out this deal, it was very funny, I found this. Uh, this was on a Washington Post article by Stephen Goff. He, he actually talked through his contract with uh, American Samoa officials via Facebook Messenger and Skype. Heck yeah. Nice. (laughs) He would fly to American Samoa and train the team for three and a half weeks. And then, after that three and a half weeks, they would compete in a round-robin tournament between themselves, Samoa, so there's American Samoa, and then there's Samoa, which is his own country. Okay. Not a U.S. territory. Okay. So between American Samoa... Samoa, Tonga, and the Cook Islands for the right to join the Oceania World Cup qualifying tournament because this was the preliminary tournament yeah. that they instituted after Australia crushed them 31 to nothing. So this is what this is how any and all World Cup qualifying begins for American Samoa. They compete in a tiny tournament to get into the actual tournament. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm tracking. Um, so this was just for the right to get into World Cup qualifying, actually. Getting the last spot in a group that already included such titans as Tahiti, New Caledonia, and Vanuatu. Okay. (laughs) Titans. Titans. Titans of the Oceanic Game. (laughs) Uh, what would await Rongan on American Samoa? Well, a team full of amateurs, lacking opportunity and infrastructure... And also, a story that seemed like it came out of a book. Or maybe a movie. Thank you for listening to this episode of Deadball Brothers, brought to you by Untuck It. Adam, have you ever seen somebody dressed in a button-down shirt that just doesn't look right? Uh, Drew, I have seen plenty of guys walking button-down shirts that did not look right, and I must confess that I, too, have worn my fair share of untucked button-down shirts and probably look like a slob. That's because button-down shirts aren't really designed to be worn untucked. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt designed actually to be worn untucked. No matter your size or shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. They have over 50 fit combinations and they look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Really, any build you're looking for. I have a couple of the shirts. They feel great. They look great. It's good quality. I always feel confident when I'm wearing those shirts, and it doesn't look weird or baggy at all like other button-down shirts that I would try to wear untucked. They have a really easy-to-use website that you can go and find your fit combination to make sure that you have a shirt that's going to fit you correctly at the size that you want. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or trying to just craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use the code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Again, thank you so much to Untuck It for sponsoring this week's podcast and helping us uh, do stuff and do more stuff for you guys. But Drew, I think now... It's time to get back to the story.
are back from that ad break. Adam, American Samoa is trying to not suck anymore. They're trying to not suck anymore. Yes. They're not even trying to be good. They're just trying to not, they're just trying to get a win. Yeah. They're just trying to put a W in that column for the first time officially ever. It's all about that one singular dub. Yes. Yes. And they are trying to do it via one Thomas Rongen. Now, Drew, Thomas Rongen was and is an old school player and an old school coach. He's a guy that when he played for the Washington Diplomats of the NASL, and he was briefly teammates with Johan Cruyff, yes. who played in the United States, in yes. case you didn't know that. Cruyff grabbed Thomas Rongen by the throat after Rongen had made an error that cost the Dips a game. And he told him that he had lost the entire team their bonuses and that he had taken food off of all of their kids' plates. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Nothing like a legend of the game grabbing you by the throat and telling you that you're terrible. <laughs> so you're sitting here and you're telling me that the Washington diplomats were called the dips? Oh, oh yeah, dude. Oh, that's a whole thing. Uh, I know it's completely unrelated to what you just said. I mean, it's related, but a very minor detail in what you just said. There's this whole story of when the dips were, when the diplomats were created. I think it was the owner's wife at the time. Um, it, either the owner or the owner's wife, something like that. Somebody was like, uh, okay, fine, just as long as people don't call us the dips. And that was the nickname that everybody immediately started calling Yeah, them. what? Immediately they were the dips. You're either, you're either the dips or the mats. I mean, those are your two options. That's, you're the dips or the mats. Or the, the mats diplo, is close to the mats. Diplos. The diplos. Hey, I don't know. No, thank you. Maybe not. <laughs> so... He incorporated that intensity into his coaching style. And this did not go incredibly well with the American Samoa team at first because the Islanders were a much more polite and soft-spoken people. <laughs> I thought he was very loud and cocky. After the first session, we all said something to each other about how obnoxious the coach is, said one center back, Jaya Selua, who, in addition to being a member of the American Samoa international squad, also holds the distinction of being the first international trans soccer player. Oh, wow. Yes. That's so awesome. So um, Jaya Silua, when she was with the team, went by Johnny, which I believe was her birth name, and would basically more or less present as male Yeah. while playing soccer. Dang. And then in between tournaments would... Um, she went like to Hawaii and studied dance and stuff and live as a woman. Dang. And that was, and then kind of like live what she saw as her true self basically. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of like, that's the life that she lived basically in order to still play soccer. I feel like that's an entire story, an entire session, like yeah, in and of itself. Seriously. Um, but that's, I, I felt like that needed to at least be like acknowledged that yeah, she, was a mem- she was a member of the American Samoan team. Rongen, however, was determined to get American Samoa an international victory. And if they were going to do that, he was convinced that they needed to be able to fight and get a little dirty. Show me how to fight, Rongen said, and I'll show you how to win. This training included a bunch of basic things we might take for granted, but that were nonetheless vital for the Samoan team to learn, as well as others to learn in the various clinics Rongen led for players in American Samoa while he was there. Things like... How to slide tackle. Soccer 101, baby. Seriously, he had to teach them all how to slide tackle. Yeah. He had a a whole training session, which was just, it was like raining super hard one day, and he had them all just like practicing slide tackling. 
Honestly, I could probably use that practice too. Dude, you don't you don't have a good slide tackle? I mean, yeah, I just don't I don't love going to ground. It's a little prima donna of me. But <laughs> I think you, I, you luxury player. <laughs> I think I'm just uh I think I'm above slide tackles <laughs> now. <laughs> I'm above slide tackles. At this point in my life. Oh man. I'm not going to risk uh injury in wow. uh, Sunday men's league. That's okay. All right. <laughs> I don't want some 200 pound dude to step on my knee. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Rongan also incorporated other tricks to try to toughen the team's mentality up, such as a Samoan war chant. The training had as much to do with teaching uh, the American Samoa team tactics and techniques that would help them win as it did with simply making believe that they could win and that they even should win games. Because that's, I mean, like, mentality being such a huge thing in the game, if your team has literally never won a game that's a tough mental hurdle to overcome. Yeah, you got to you got to have the guts. You got to have that drive, that desire. Great. Just just like Alexi Lawless loves. Just, <laughs> I think Alexi Lawless and Thomas Rongan get along very well. Probably. They probably have dinner sometimes. They're on each other's favorite lists. I would it would make sense to yeah. me. Yeah. A month and a half before Rongan got to Samoa, American Samoa lost back-to-back games against New Caledonia and Vanuatu. Both by a score of eight to nothing. Now, after only a few weeks of training with Rongan, they would embark on World Cup qualifying with a match against Tonga. All right. Which, if you will recall, their first ever official FIFA international match was against Tonga. They yeah. lost three nothing. The match against Tonga in 2011 started chippy, with little in the way of chances generated for either side. Tonga seemed like it would open the scoring in the first half as a defensive error led to a wide-open look at goal from about 12 yards out. But American Samoa keeper Nikki Salapu stood on his head and made the save to keep the score even. Salapu! Next, next, it was Samoa's turn as a beautiful curled free kick from 25 yards out banged off the top corner of the goal post and out. The apex. All right. It's seriously. It was a. It's a really good free kick. Yeah. And it's like it was like a a, a set play. Like it was one of those. Um, instead of he just went up and banged it. It was like he had a person there and they rolled the ball out a little to the side. Yeah. And it was like right off the corner. It I was think, a really good free kick. Yeah. I think those free kicks look really cool. When you actually manage. When to you do actually. It well. Yeah. When you do it well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they also have a higher probability of being like terrible. Oh yeah, because there's a chance that you're hitting a. A moving ball. Yes. Finally, in the 43rd minute, the breakthrough happened. Ramin Ott of American Samoa has the ball about 40 yards from goal. Oh. And he just lets one fly. Wonder strike, baby. Now, it wasn't a particularly good shot. Okay. It wouldn't be qualified as a wonder strike by any mention. Lackluster or, strike. It wasn't a thunder bastard. Okay. Certainly not. yeah, yeah. yeah. It just one that was hit hard, and he kept it on frame. The Tongan keeper seemed to have the shot covered easily, but the ball knuckled oh. at the last possible second. And as the goalkeeper dived to his left, it kind of knuckled back a bit to his right, and he threw his arms in front of it. The ball bounces off his hands and falls into the goal. one nothing American Samoa at halftime. Okay. Wins aside, I mean, we know that we've they've lost every game up until this point. 
Has American Samoa ever been winning at any point in any game up until this point? You know, I don't know. I doubt it, but I don't know if for it, sure. If it had happened before, it was very seldom. Yes. Yeah. I mean, for a team that had up until that point a goal, di- goal differential of negative 217. Yeah, yeah, it's not great. And they hold the distinction for having what? Uh, they gave up 30, 31 goals in one game. So that's math would be 33 out of 133%. Like half of that would be like 16. They gave up like 16% of their goal differential of their negative goal differential came in one game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is crazy. I'm glad that you pointed that out. Cause I was probably going to say something about that. Yeah. It's just such a massive number of goals scored yes. against you. I doubt they'd ever led, but I don't know that for a fact. Well, the only thing that matters is that they're winning now. Because I because I, I know that they had never they never even tied a match. Okay. So yeah, yeah. who knows? Who knows? So at halftime against Tonga, American Samoa's up one nothing. After the break, American Samoa looked to push their advantage, creating actually several well-worked chances on the ground. Like, actually, like some good soccer happening. I was like, oh, look at these through balls. Look at them breaking lines. Hey, soccer one-on-one, you score against an opponent, it opens them up. It makes them susceptible because they have to score to equalize. Well, that is it's just that, how it is. That's soccer one-on-one. Hey, <laughs> listen to soccer one-on-one. Total Soccer Show podcast. Shouts. <laughs> Shoutouts. <laughs> um... Yeah, they had several well-worked chances on the ground and displayed an attacking verve rarely seen from the team. In the 74th minute, Samoa had their second goal. In true strikers fashion, Shalom Luani took up, which is a great name. Yeah. Shalom. He took a bouncing, lofted through ball and popped it right over the onrushing keeper's head. Oh, man. Letting it fall back into the fridge. These Two nothing. Goals don't happen for American Samoa often, so... You, I'm assuming you watched the highlights of, of this I match. did, yeah, yeah. So, watch like, the highlights. Were, were these celebrations, like, were also, they going crazy? Oh, they're going nuts. Yeah, literally, so awesome. Literally, like, the first goal that they scored, Thomas Rongan is, like, having to hold his whole bench back <laughs> as they try to swarm them. <laughs> yeah. Because he's like, listen, it's not over. He's like, he's pumped. They're all so hyped. But he's yeah. like, it's not over. There's a lot of game left to play. If we want to win, you have to you have to calm down right now. Yes. Yeah, oh, no. They, they were unbelievably hype. That's so awesome. Um, Shalom Luani also, however, uh, picked up an injury on that second goal. Oh, no. Because he got cleaned out by the keeper as he was running out to meet him. And I believe had to be subbed out then. Sacrificed the body. Mm-hmm. Things seemed like they were going great for American Samoa. Oh, no. But you know what they say about 2-0, Drew? It's the worst lead to it's have. It's the most dangerous lead in the game. Because your opponent gets one goal, they're right back in it. Everybody knows that. In the 88th minute. Oh. 88th? Samoa's defense let them down. As Tongan attacker Lafayette, Laf- oof, this is a tough name. Lafayette, Lafayette, Lafayette Moala, sure, was left unmarked at the back post for an easy header. <sighs> Defensive breakdown. Defensive breakdown in the 80th minute. Disgraceful. And seconds later. No, seconds? Seconds. How? Tonga were on the attack again, slipping a through ball out wide. A 1v1. They gold beckoning, a share of points for Tonga within reach. 
And Nikki Salapu reacted first with a crunching tackle that got ball first. Importantly, (laughs) ball first, baby. Cleaning out the Tongan attacker in the process. However, the ball was still loose. It bounced back out to a Tongan attacker who took a shot at the wide open net that had no goalkeeper in it. And Jaya Salua was there to clear the ball off the line. A few more seconds later... The referee blew his whistle. American Samoa had done it. They had won a game for the first time in their official wow. FIFA history. That's so beautiful. Two to one against Tonga in Thomas Rongan's first official game in charge. Oh wow. That's the, a that's quite the statement victory. The victory was particularly sweet for goalkeeper Nikki Salapu, who made several crucial saves on the day because he was the same goalkeeper that had been playing in goal that day a decade earlier when Australia put 31 goals past him. Wow. So he was pretty old. Yeah, Maybe he not. was in his 30s. Okay. So he was yeah, he wasn't yeah. like he wasn't like decrepit. Yeah, I was going to say goalkeepers can play into yeah. their 40s. He was he was so. like he was like in his early 30s when uh wow, when he played so this game cool. against Tonga. Um and he had several he had several good saves. He had even more good saves in the next game. Um in their next game they played uh, against uh, the Cook Islands. Yeah. Um, he had some crazy saves. Like, wow, real good. Real yeah. good technique. Um, Did he play professionally anywhere? I don't think so. He was just American Samoa through and through. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pretty much. That's awesome. So, American Samoa, their next game, they would go on to draw with the Cook Islands one-to-one. For their second ever positive result. Yeah. They're on a roll. They're, they're on a hot streak. The hottest streak they've ever been on. Unfortunately, in the third game of the round robin tournament, they lost to Samoa, who won all of their games in the tournament. Dang. Thus qualifying Samoa over American Samoa for the Oceania World Cup qualifying tournament. Yeah. American Samoa finishing in second place. Wow. Still... Rongen and American Samoa did something no one thought they could do. Take the worst team in the world, turn them into winners. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. American Samoa's story was documented by filmmakers who were in Samoa to film the worst team in the world, and they were there purely by accident when Thomas Rongen arrived. Oh. They didn't really know much about the coach and they weren't there because they're like, Oh, there's a new American coach that's coming. They were kind of there just to film the worst team, the worst team and to see what life was like on the islands for the worst team in the world. And they, Thomas Rongan showed up and they filmed like a bunch of his training sessions and then also caught the first ever victory for American Samoa. That's really cool that they were able to, yeah, to capture that so that we could see the highlights of that. It turned, they turned their footage into a critically acclaimed documentary called Next Goal Wins. And why is that important? Today, it's important because there is currently a film that is shooting, or, or has been shot, there's a film in production. Okay. Right now, based on this documentary, they're turning it into a film adaptation called Next Goal Wins, directed... By Taika Waititi. Oh, no way. And oh, starring man. 
Michael Fassbender what? as Thomas Ronkin. No way. Yeah. That's huge. That's pretty crazy. Oh, man. Michael Fassbender is way more attractive than Thomas Rongan is, though. Thomas Rongan's a little kind of weird. <laughs> must be said. I love Taika Waititi. Yeah. And all of you, all the movies that he does. He is, he is making a movie about American Samoa's first win, starring Michael Fassbender as Thomas Rongan. That's so cool. Which is wild to think yeah. about. It's such, he, Thomas Rongan is such like a niche like American soccer figure. Yeah. And he's having like a world-famous movie star play him in a movie. That's so cool. Directed wow. by Oscar winner Taika Waititi. And it was just all by chance because those yes. camera crews were in there. Yeah, complete, wow. utter, completely and utterly by chance that wow. that this these camera crews were there and they caught it and created this documentary like they did. And then it's now being turned into a film. That's so cool. So the question is, do you know where American Samoa is now in – they're world not, rankings. I do not believe they are dead last. That's they great. are very close to the bottom still. Yeah. Um, at the there, more nations have been added since this 2011. Uh huh. Because I think tied for last was like 190 something. Yeah. And now there's more than 200, like plenty more than 200. Yeah. They are just below spot number 200, I believe. Yeah. Um, but they're. I don't think they're last place. Um, their highest ranking that they reached, which was Shortly after this tournament, they won a couple other games. Their highest ranking, I believe, was 165th. Wow. That's pretty good. It's a pretty steep yeah. climb for them. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Up like 30 spots from dead last. That's so cool. But yeah, that is the story of how a Dutchman <laughs> who made his way in soccer in America became the coach of American Samoa and got the worst international team to ever play the game its first victory. That's so cool. Yeah. Man, what a story. Yeah, definitely. Um, sources for this include the actual documentary, Next Goal Wins, which you can actually find on YouTube. Um, oh, you can sweet. watch the whole thing. It's like an hour and a half. It's really good. Cool. It's really good. There's more stuff in there about uh, American Solo- Samoa, um, about uh, Jaya Salua, uh, and Nikki Salapu, who are like yeah. two of the main main characters. Yeah. Um, about Thomas Rongen, because um, Thomas Rongen himself was like kind of like doing some soul searching at the time. His daughter had recently passed away in a car crash, oh, like that's pretty so tragically. Terrible. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a really good documentary. Um, so that documentary, um, Washington Post and Stephen Goff, the Irish Times, um, saw a few of them. The, the quotes I had from Thomas Rongan and, and Jai Salua was from the Irish Times. Awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, wow. dude. Thank you for sharing that. You are so welcome. It's powerful stuff. Doesn't matter how low you are. Okay. You're cheapening it. No, you're cheapening I really the experience. Am. I really am. Thank you so much, listener, for listening to our podcast. As always, we really, really appreciate it. And also, as always, if you haven't yet, feel free to drop us a rating and a review uh, and a like and a follow and whatever you need to do because it helps us get seen by more people and the more people see us the more stuff we get to do so all that to say thank you so so much and if you would like to follow us on our social media accounts we are at deadball pod everywhere we're on twitter where we're most active we're also on instagram we're on facebook if you want to email us with questions or comments or corrections or story ideas we are deadballpod at gmail.com and I think that's all we have. Yeah. Thank you again to, to all the listeners who have been with us since the beginning and still continue to listen to us. It means so much and is 
and, and words can't really describe how that feels because feels we're good. we're just two people that love talking about soccer. Just two dudes. Two brothers. <laughs> two bros. Doing something that we love and it's just a lot of fun and the fact that people want to listen to us ramble on about t- cool soccer stories, random soccer stories, wacky soccer stories. Um, it's just a ton of fun. Yeah. So. So as always, thank you so much. My name is Adam Whitaker Snavely. And I'm Drew. And we will catch you guys in a week. We love you platonically, of course, and bye-bye. <laughs>